0: The spiritual disciplines are the practical ways whereby we obey the command of 1 Timothy 4 7, where Paul says, Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. The goal of every spiritual discipline is godliness. Godliness is another way of describing holiness, sanctification, and Christlikeness. To put it in other terms, the purpose of the spiritual disciplines is intimacy with Christ and conformity, both internal and external to Christ. This is Joseph. You're welcome to Praxis. Welcome to episode two of the Praxis podcast and um, today's title is The Olympian. Now before I get into all of that, a couple of people from the last episode said they couldn't listen to the full podcast. I'm still trying to get a hang of all this, but thankfully Um, The Praxis podcast is now available on Spotify, Breaker, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Teacher, Pocket Casts, iTunes. So all you have to do is um, search for the Praxis on any of these um, podcasts and I'm sure you can subscribe. Um, So let's get down to the business of today. Welcome guys, so I I would like us to just dive straight in because there's a lot we have to cover I won't complete this teaching and this podcast is something that we're going to look at in the next coming days weeks months (laughs) years even um, on the subject of spiritual fitness and Discipline So let's look at our first scripture first Timothy chapter 4 verse 6 to 10 we'll look at the message bible ready go you have been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching now pass on this counsel to the followers of jesus there and you'll be a good servant of jesus stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion exercise daily in god no spiritual flabbiness please workouts in the gymnasium are useful but a disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both today and forever. You can count on this, take it to heart. This is why we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally, we're banking on the living God, savior of all men and women, especially believers so um, we're going to be looking at the olympian or the lifestyle of the olympian whatever you want to call it but basically we're going to look at um, what it means to be a spiritually fit christian a spiritually fit um, disciple of christ it's so easy for us to say oh um every day i'm gonna Um, trying to take on the spiritual disciplines. I want to get myself spiritually fit. I've asked these questions for a very long time, but then I realized very quickly that these things are easier said than done. Um, Being one who's taking on the habits of spiritual fitness has to be one who's doggedly focused, one who who is going to endure pain and suffering and exclusion to be able to follow through till the very end, like Paul, who's saying, I have fought the very good fight of faith. So what did Paul mean when he wrote to Timothy um, in the Philips translation of verse 7? He says, take time and trouble to keep yourself spiritually fit. What did Paul actually mean when he was saying this to his Matetis, uh, his, his, his protégé Timothy and we're looking at um, the Olympic Games as an analogy because that's what we know um, uh, and although they are pagan in their origin but there is much for the disciple of Jesus to learn from these Pan-Hellenic Games of which the Olympics are the most famous of them. The New Testament writers, Paul in particular, drew many parallels between the training and performance of the competing athlete and the duties and privileges of the Christian. And it is probably probable that Paul would have had in mind the Isthmian Games, which were hosted in Corinth every third year. He was familiar with the Rivalries and ambitions inherent in the sport, to which there are more than fifty reference in the New Testament. So, if you were an athlete who aspired to win a medal in these games or in the Olympic Games, there is only one thing you need besides an extraordinary athletic gifting, which is a ruthless, life-consuming focus on on getting the prize. Now, look at more than Sorry, look at modern um, um, athletes or or professional athletes that we know today. Have you ever wondered how these athletes daily training regimen is? I know each sport is unique, but most athletes across board from football to um, tennis to swimming would keep schedules similar to this. One, they wake up early eat carefully planned breakfast of just the right amount of carbs protein and fat content calories as well as fluids you know early morning training exercises Uh, eating a carefully planned snack to fuel the right amount of energy needed um, for the next phase late morning training sessions eating a carefully planned lunch. And that's not just over your day is just starting. Um, They take a midday rest to prevent overly fatigued muscles, you know, uh, or or, or, then they go into another carefully planned snack. And then there's the afternoon training session, and focusing on other particular muscle groups, then they eat a carefully planned dinner. uh, And there is an evening of, of purposeful relaxation to prepare for the next day and then they sleep you know to ensure restful recovery now to, to pursue an olympic gold medal is all-consuming athletes must structure their entire life around the training required for that elite level of competition because this pursuit can only be achieved with a ruthlessly narrow focus and rigorous discipline let's let's back it up now can you see how important it is for us to take our spot the spot of fate so diligently so that we would be one who would win the prize at the end of the day this is what paul was talking about Apostle Paul said again somewhere in 1 Corinthians nine, twenty four to twenty seven. He said, "Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we are imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly." I do not box as one box in the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be um, disqualified. Remember earlier I told you about Corinth being the host city to the East Mian Games, where elite athletes from all over the uh, Asian Greek-speaking world gather to compete in, in years between the quadrennial olympiad now forget about all that but i I said all that because i want to say this paul's analogy was particularly powerful for his corinthian readers he knew how he could um, address them because they knew these games they knew how um um, rigorously, rigorously, these athletes, the participants, trained for a long time for these games, and and, and what Paul was saying would have um, been just as convicting to the um, f- indulgent first-century Corinthians, you know, as it as it is to us indulgent twenty-first-century Christians. Uh, the Christian life should be lived. With a ruthless focus and discipline of an elite athlete. But we don't have these anymore. We now have consumer Christianity. We have microwave christianity we have an idolatrous christianity where we want the pastors and the leaders and the elders to do the spiritual work for us just like the israelites wanted moses to hear god for them you know we will just relax and and go by our daily business while you pastors and you leaders and prophets go to heaven and talk to god and and come preach to us every sunday now this was not the idea of the first century um christian church well more of this in subsequent podcast but but my main focus here is um the christian life and how it should be lived with a dogged focus but you see Let's not make the mistake of focusing primarily on the ruthless part or the ruthless focus, the running, the strict discipline. You know why? Because very few athletes would subject themselves to the rigors and the pain of training because they desire paying themselves. No, what do they desire? They desire the price. They desire the prize. You see, Olympians exercise self-control in all things. They deny themselves many worldly enjoyments and purge their lives of distractions in order to receive what Paul calls a perishable wreath or a perishable crown or a perishable trophy. In other words, these athletes, they do it for the glory of the prize. They do it for the joy that the glory brings okay they're in love with the glory their their self denial simply shows how glorious they consider the price to be they give up their indulgences that distract and detract from the price okay they refrain from indulging themselves lest they end up unable to compete or like paul says being disqualified and they lose the price that they desire that's why Paul chose Olympic level athletes as an analogy that the goal is to run, to obtain the price. The analogy is meant to highlight the prize, not the price. The price, which is the life consuming focus, the discipline, the self-control only shows the worth of the prize. I'll say that again. The price only shows the worth of the prize. Paul wants us to join him in obtaining the prize. So, like an athlete who aspires to win a gold medal, we must ask ourselves some hard questions. We need to ask ourselves tough questions if we really want to achieve the price if we really want to hear the voice of our father on that fateful day saying well done well done good and faithful servant what 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 price are you willing to pay and for you to be able to answer that question you must ask more questions like how much do you want the price now that's the most important question, because we will never pursue the prize we do not really desire. Okay, um, are you willing to subject yourself to strict measures to gain the prize? Is it what denying yourself things you endure? What, what bodily and psychological cravings are you indulging that will undermine your obtaining the prize? Are you? Are you? Uh. Uh. What time commitments must be jettisoned to free up time, you know? Um. Uh, necessary to pursue the prize. What are the distractions that are robbing you of, of 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 you know pursuing the prize? What do you need to do to minimize those distractions? You know. Are you willing to begin those pursuits today? These are these are pertinent questions. These are soul searching questions that I would really advise that at the end of the podcast you find a, a quiet place i call this the gateway to the presence of god where you soak and you really ask yourself these questions like how much do i do i want this price okay we are in a race you need to understand that that we are in a race this is this is not a game in hebrews chapter 12 it says we we are in we are we're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses so therefore let us lay aside um the weight or the sin that easily besets us let us run with patience the race that is set before us this is this is no game this is a race Uh, and there is a price in philippians um three verse fourteen paul was saying that i press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of god and in christ jesus olympic gold medals are perishable but the prize we pursue are imperishable Okay, olympic glory among the most glorious moments the world has to offer is fading it will fade these are temporal among the medal winners in the last olympics how many names can you recall you know, I am quite confident that you do not know any gold medal winners from Paul's time. That glory has long since faded away. Hallelujah. But the glory you will experience if you win this race is both unfading and incomparable. But let me not kid you. This race is hard and, and we must take Paul seriously here. You know, we must we must take Paul seriously here winning requires the hedonistically rootless focus and discipline of an Olympic competitor. It calls for single mindedness. It calls for pure focus. It calls for laying aside every weight and entangling sin. But the point is not the painful price, but the surpassing pleasure of the prize. We run for the joy, the joy of the glory, the joy of the affirmation of God. And so let us run as to obtain this prize and let us lay aside everything that might disqualify us. You know, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 4, And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that faded not away. I've been through a lot of stuff in the past two three years i've had my face faith tested i've had my 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 belief in god crushed on every side i've seen every kind of temptation but then i remember that jesus himself said that we we do not have a high priest who has not um, been inflicted with the same temptations that we had but jesus in the garden of gethsemane knew the price that was waiting for him that he was willing to pay the price of temporary sufferings and and shame and ridicule how much do you value the price how much do you value the crown at the end of the day because my brother see we are at war i know this for a fact I've been I've been up there. I have fallen and I know what it means. We are at war. Do not kid yourselves. This is no game. This is a war. And and, and forgive me for for sounding like this, but you know we're just going to be exploring a whole lot of things together. And, and I just want you to open up your heart, really, to the Holy Spirit. Let him correct you. Let him convict you. Let him speak the truth of God's word into your life. And I believe that this race, you will not fall by the wayside. You receive strength for your weary souls in the mighty name of Jesus. I, I just release God's presence over everyone listening right now. No matter what stage of your Christian walk, of your walk with Christ that you're in right now, I pray from the depths of my heart that you would not stumble. You will not fall. You will not dash your feet against any stone. He will keep you. He will preserve you until the glorious day. Amen. Amen. See you next time.